0: we start this primer episode just want to continue to give our thoughts to everybody that has been impacted by this coronavirus um you know we hope all your friends and family and loved ones are safe Uh, but as well as that just want to give a continual thanks to everybody who is out there working supporting the communities whether it is um frontline workers in the medical field like doctors nurses and other healthcare professionals whether it is teachers who are still out there Teaching students, um, you know, store workers, delivery drivers, couriers. Um, and apologies if I have forgot anybody, but I uh, just want to say a continual thanks to everybody that is out there and serving the greater needs of the community. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and children of all ages, welcome to episode 12 of the Fumble Recovery Fantasy Football Podcast. This is the last of our pre-draft divisional breakdowns. It's been a heck of a slog, a lot of hard work, but it's been thoroughly enjoyable and I just want to say thanks to all the guests that have appeared to date and who appear in this episode. So this is the last breakdown, it's the AFC North which covers the Ravens who are so heavily touted to go to the Super Bowl or at least make the um, AFC Championship game last year. It also contains the Steelers, of course, who missed Big Ben for the most of last year. The Bengals, who have the number one pick in the first round and, of course, all subsequent rounds as well. And finally, it contains the Browns, who uh, were tipped for so much last year and didn't really live up to expectations. So let's see what a change of coaching does for them. Before we get into the episode, just want to give a shout out to Regular Gonzalez for the song Chains, which is the intro music on our podcast. Also, a continued shout out to Natasha, wife of Chiggs. I really appreciate, um, and we all do, that these last few weeks of recording all these episodes have been a lot of hard work. Chigs has been heavily involved for the majority of that. So thanks for being supportive as always, Natasha, and finally to the NFL lads who are A great community on Facebook, Uh, British guys who go to a lot of the games, or all the games I should say in London, tons and tons and tons of giveaways, just a great community for fans alike, so check out the NFL Lads on Facebook and Instagram. Right, let's break down our final division, the division with the first overall pick in the draft, it's the AFC North. Okay, so first up in the AFC North, we have the Cleveland Browns, and representing the Browns is another returning guest, and we have Byron back. So, Byron, how are you doing?
1: Yeah, not too bad, thanks, guys. How are you?
0: Pretty good, thanks. Pretty good, all things considered. So, yeah, you're, yeah. You're, you're, you're joining us this time, not to break down free agency, but to talk about a matter probably closer to your heart, which is the Cleveland Browns. So, you are our Browns representative.
1: I am, yeah. You're you're, bro- <laughs> you're, bro- you're broken-hearted Browns representative, more, more than likely. But, uh, yeah... <laughs>
0: I think that's all Browns fans, isn't it? With the, oh, yeah. uh, it's it's that hope versus expectation, or oh, sorry, expectation versus reality conundrum.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, we seem to. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, you know me. Every year, I think we're going to the playoffs, and it hasn't happened yet. So I've got to be right one of these times.
0: I, I believe in you. I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's it's an interesting division, and we'll, we will touch on that. But before we get into talking uh brown specifically how, how did you become a fan of the browns I think the view uh, the listeners would be interested in hearing
1: uh it's not that interesting sadly my uncle moved over to america about 20 odd years ago uh he moved to cleveland and then when i started getting into american football obviously there was that immediate family tie when i went over there and he took me to a game so it's as simple as that really wow so you
0: you've uh, you you've had a fair few years of (laughs) watching a oh yeah yeah struggling team dare i say
1: yeah i think my first game that i went to was 2003 i want to say like shortly after we started back up so uh yeah it's it's we've had one playoff run in or one playoff game in 18 years or whatever it is that's more than enough isn't it
0: so here's a quiz question who was the qb that season
2: was
3: it Brady quit? <laughs> oh, no, no. I'm not
0: sure.
1: I thought you'd know. <laughs> I'm trying to. It's that's the thing. It's so long ago, I don't even remember.
0: Oh dear. Well, hopefully this is your year. Um, you know, you've suddenly got a lot of talent there. Let's see if you can hone it in the right place. So before we get into the Browns roster, you were very active in free agency with ins and outs. I think the big, you know, the biggest transactions were probably losing Schobert, to the jags which we covered in our afc south episode uh but you brought in jack conklin and i know uh from our discussions tackle was a very very big need so you fill the right tackle need but you still have sort of a left tackle need um yeah, which definitely. we can talk about you know in terms of what's going to happen a uh, big one for fantasy was getting austin hooper i think that probably was a dagger to the heart of a lot of hooper owners where they were thinking he could be the guy, but now it's a bit of a muddied situation for fantasy. Of course, he'll improve the team. He is one of the best um, overall tight ends in the league. Um, and then out- outside of that, you know, there weren't huge moves. I mean, Adrian Claiborne on his day, very, very good player. He is a veteran, so could add a lot of value to your team. You uh, replaced, I suppose, losing Sherbert with getting Christian Kirksey. Uh, oh, sorry, no, no, you've lost, no we, we lost Kirksey as you well. you lost <laughs> Kirksey, so that's another need. Apologies, I was reading this wrong. Uh, you brought in Keenum to back up uh, uh, Baker yep. there. But what, you, what are your thoughts, anyway, without going through every transaction? I said you're a very busy team. What are your thoughts on the free agency and how the Browns have done?
1: Uh, I think we're setting ourselves up to be a, a bit like Minnesota, kind of a run-first team, try and play a bit of the play action, which suited Baker well in his rookie season last season I think with the weapons around him there was this expectation for him to suddenly throw 50 times a game and people forget we had kind of a 1400 yard plus running back and another guy as backup who was you know one of the top running backs in the league before some personal issues so I think that's how we're setting ourselves up now defensively we we tried to plug in a lot of holes last season and free agency this time seems to undone a lot of it
0: Yeah, so looking ahead then to the draft, um, you've not been very active in terms of trading away or accumulating picks. So you are around that pick 9 or 10 in all the rounds. But most importantly, in round one, you're pick 10. So what do you think the need is there that they'll look to address? Or what's the need you'd hope they would address? Or in fact, are you a fan who'd rather trade down and accumulate further draft capital? What are your thoughts on that pick 10?
1: No, nope, don't want to trade down at all. Left tackle. <laughs> we need a left We've had Greg Robinson at left tackle, who did nothing. We we haven't had a left tackle since Joe Thomas. I mean, I know when you're talking about a Hall of Fame level player, it's going to be hard to replace him, but we seem to have done absolutely nothing to replace him. And it's shown the last couple of years. And, yeah, it's, I mean, this is, a, this is a good draft for offensive linemen, which doesn't happen all the time, I reckon, we take one in the first round, and I wouldn't be surprised if we take one in either the second or the third round as well.
3: Now, uh, here's my question, though. I, I think uh, at the 10th pick, they say, uh, I think Andrew Thomas, right? He's like the number one tackle at the moment. If well, he's not that,
1: a. But that, sorry to interrupt. i say that seems to change daily. I mean.
3: Wirf's, not... Okay, we're Sir Thomas, uh, I, I guess one of them we should drop. I, I was just or, thinking, of Makai you... Beckton, I suppose. Okay. I was thinking if you didn't have any at that point, uh, but yeah, you're not going to have three tackles go prior to you, maybe two max.
1: As I say, in my mind, there's four tackles that I'd happily take at the number 10. And one of them's got to be there in my mind.
3: Okay. If, uh,
1: if somehow they all went, then uh, Simmons, the linebacker slash safety would be the next obvious choice for us. But as I say, I think realistically it's going to be a tackle.
3: Oh, okay.
0: Nice. Yeah. The name I'm seeing most commonly across uh some of these uh mock drafts is tends to be um that andrew thomas basically but um you know there's these things change daily and people's perception change daily so then it could even be as one of the other names or even jedrick wills which i don't think we'd mentioned so that 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 seems to be the way most experts are predicting the browns go in round one so then, you know, round two, as I said you're pick nine, and then you've got two picks in round three, including the compensatory. Are there any other needs outside of tackle you'd like to see them address in this draft?
1: Uh there's a few. <laughs> the sh- <laughs> I think the biggest need apart from left tackle is probably linebacker at the moment, because obviously we've had, as we mentioned earlier, we have showbert going, uh we had Kirksey going, and we drafted two linebackers last year to bring them through, but as we're bringing them through, we've now got no one behind them, so we need a linebacker again. And, I mean, we need basically all along the spine of the defence. We could probably do with a defensive tackle because we signed Billings to a one-year contract. We need a couple of safeties because the safeties we've signed have been to one-year contract, so uh, they are definite needs. And then I expect late on we'll probably go for a wide receiver because... If you look, I know the ob- it doesn't sound obvious straight away with Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry at wide receiver, but when you look after that, it's it's actually quite depressing for us. I think I think the, our wide receiver core outside of those two combined for something like four hundred yards last season, so they really didn't do anything.
0: Yeah, and you've got you've got a couple of players there who were touted as potential dynasty players to target in years past and the ones I'm thinking in particular are Taewon Taylor who at a time was seen as the slot guy for the Titans but never really showed up to that level and then there's Jamon Moore who I think in the season when the Packers drafted those three receivers was the highest drafted but again never really never really did anything and it was actually Valdez Scantling who shone. so is there any hope that any of those or even somebody like a Damien Ratley could show up I mean you've got a a lot of receivers but as you say unrecognizable names on the whole
1: yeah I mean I think the the two that might do something one is Taywan Taylor but I'm just worried because he was around for a while last year and didn't really get much game time which was concerning but I don't know if that was still him dealing with an injury uh, settling into the system and with a new coach he might fit with the system better and hodge although he didn't get a whole lot of receptions he does seem like a deep threat for us which i know you could laugh at with beckham already there but it just gives you that got another guy who can take the top of a defense and uh potentially leave other people open
0: yeah and um so you know looking ahead then to the fantasy outlook for the browns uh it's a team that i think we've discussed maybe more than anyone on the <laughs> um free agency episodes just because of how many options are out there but you know i think the big big news to think about here or certainly um bear in mind is the change of head coach to Stefanski who was the um OC for the Vikings right so yeah. and when you look at what the Vikings DNA was on offense the last few years it very much was a run first play action type of scheme and you've got one of the best running backs in the league um for fantasy and for real life purposes in nick chubb and then of course as a broncos fan i know the value that somebody like an andy janovich adds as well in the fullback position so is that how you see the the dna of the browns offense this year um very much run first and then play action
1: yeah definitely i mean i saw a stat the other day about conklin and derrick henry and basically Derek Henry's average going to the right with um, Conklin was significantly higher than it was when he ran to the left, which again shows me we've not just brought him in because he's a name or because he's allegedly a good tackle, but all the all the metrics, all the stats back up, he can help us run the ball. And obviously he's not bad in pass protection either.
0: Yeah, so Paul, I know um, out of the players here, from Dynasty perspective, you own Baker. So you must be quite excited about what Baker could offer, just given the weapons that are around him and all the options.
4: Yeah, I think they could they could be a really interesting team this year. It's the first time for, I mean, okay, last year we thought they could be interesting, but they <laughs> weren't. But it's the first time for an awfully long time that the Browns would be interesting from a fantasy perspective.
0: Well, let's talk about the Browns as a whole then. So Baker, I think, is an obvious candidate just because of what's around and the support he's getting not only on the O-line but also uh, in terms of receivers. But are there any other players who you target possibly at their ADP or are you worried about drafting anyone? And I think the key ones we're talking about are Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, OBJ, Landry, and then at tight end, you're probably talking Hooper and Njoku. Are you comfortable taking any of those with confidence or are you nervous about drafting any of those?
4: Nick Chubb, I'd be, I'd be comfortable with. I'm a little bit worried about Odell, really, just because they are, even the talent he's got, and I know he's going later, but um, he, they, you know, they will be run first. It's not, it's, it's not as good a spot for him from a fantasy perspective, really.
0: Yeah, yeah, so Byron, it's we're clear. keen to get your views as a fan. What are your thoughts on Kareem Hunt? I know he signed with the second round tender um, in, in real life, but is that a player you target in fantasy, either in redrafts or in dynasty? Um,
1: yeah, because I still think even even last season, towards the back half when Hunt was playing and Chubb was also, you know, both Hunt and Chubb were able Kareem Hunt was still putting up good numbers, and so was Nick Chubb. I mean, everyone has a dud game, obviously, in fantasy, but they were both fantasy options throughout the season. So I wouldn't really have hesitation drafting either from the running game. Kind of as Paul was saying, I think I think the big thing with us this season, Baker will, Baker should be fine as long as he stays, you know, on the field rather than filming adverts. And then uh, apart from that, I think game to game, you're not going to know whether it's going to be OBJ Landry. And Joker will have a game or two, Hooper will have a game. And I think you're just going to be, you'll get a game-winning week once every three weeks from whoever you draft out of them, but you won't get consistency.
0: Yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that. And Mo, what are your thoughts on Brown's um, offensive I'm, players? I totally agree with that. I'm staying away
3: from everyone except for maybe Baker Mayfield, just because you know he's going to be on the field uh, every, uh, every offensive play. And, um, and as for who gets the hot end, that's, that's going to vary. Um, out of curiosity, I do have, uh, uh, Hilliard, uh, the third, uh, string running back on my dynasty league here. You think I should uh, drop him there, Byron?
1: I wouldn't necessarily say drop because let's be brutally honest, Kareem Hunt can get into trouble <laughs> at any moment, uh, <laughs> by terms of actual involvement, assuming both are healthy and both are playing, uh, he's yeah in, in re i mean in redraft he's got no value whatsoever and in dynasty i'd probably keep hold of him but i wouldn't desperately keep hold of him if you think there's someone on the wave wire who's better to pick up
3: huh, fair enough all right so but yeah other than that i'm i'm, I'm totally agree I, I would i think i think it's just going to be a rotating um offensive stud every week i mean just i think it's gonna be based on matchup wise uh see what the Um, offensive coach and uh, the head coach comes up with as for offensive plan game plan and i think it's going to rotate based on a game-to-game basis and see um i mean they they just have so many weapons you just don't know who you can go with
0: yeah exactly Um, byron what are your thoughts on njoku for this season with with the signing of hooper in in particular do you think he can offer usage to the team outside of fantasy and b do you think he can offer fantasy value in any uh, in any capacity
1: uh outside of fantasy i think he 100 percent can offer something to the team i think we've seen with like the minnesota i'm not saying Herb smith had a huge season or um carl rudolph had a huge season but they both were kind of involved in the offense on a regular basis red zone etc so from that point yeah he's definitely gonna have value uh fantasy again it comes back to what i was saying before i think i know the tight end position is a little bit of a uh a wasteland at times but unless Hooper goes down I don't see Njoku having a big season and again unless Njoku goes down I don't see Hooper putting up the type of season where people are probably drafting him at
3: I I can see him being used as trade value during the draft as well if anything yeah
1: yeah, I could definitely see us potentially moving on from him if there's someone we want or we want to move up in a round or something like that definitely could see it happening Um, I haven't heard any rumours from the beat reporters in cleveland suggest that he's likely to go out but it's the browns i mean as as you gents all know how triggered i was this week when i heard about the odell beckham to minnesota rumors <laughs>
0: uh,
1: i did not i did not react well
0: so nothing oh and going. it was awful it was like a future f- third and a oh. s- fifth or something was it <laughs>
1: I, th- I think that's the thing that annoyed me the most about it. If it had been for current year picks, I wouldn't have been thrilled about it. But considering the Vikings just got a load for digs, it made some kind of sense. It was the fact that it was for future picks. It just made no sense to me whatsoever.
0: Yeah, th- th- I personally feel Odell will still get his share of targets. It's whether he can then create that separation to make the most of the targets. But I'd still see him as somebody who gets at least... or you know let's say on average um eight to nine targets a game in spite of the um run first and we saw that in the Vikings with Stefanski you know that unfortunately Diggs was the um player who sort of lost out but Thielen still got his and Thielen was quite consistently a target monster there but um I think you're I just think you know as we've all sort of in agreement the with the receivers and titans in particular it's very muddy waters it's hard to know who to target and value when um and you know hooper if you're a dynasty owner who's got hooper browns was probably amongst the worst situations that he could have landed in to sort of increase his value considering how good he was for the falcons last season from a fantasy perspective but of course as a fan you got to look at things as fantasy and her real nfl perspective so good good signing in that regard um so last last question i'd have then uh paul if you know just on these four tight ends uh today what would be your one to four so if we say austin hooper dallas goddard at the eagles noah fant at the broncos and tj Hawkinson at the lions what would be your one to four of those
4: um sorry you're gonna have to say the four again
0: <laughs> sure. So it was um
4: coming from a different different route there.
0: Second. No, 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 it's fine. It was Noah Fant at the Broncos, TJ Hawkinson at the Lions, Austin Hooper at the Browns, and Dallas Goddard at the Eagles. I
4: actually think I'd still take Hooper first.
0: Um, That's nice. interesting. And the reason I ask is I think they all fall within a similar tier if you do. Applied yeah. tiers to your rankings. Um, what about you, Byron? Who Who of those four would you I target? Agree. I
4: think I do think you're probably right. They are probably similar, but um, I like his talent more. And I know he, you know, it, a little crowded there with um. I'll never say his name, David,
0: and Joker. <laughs> <Thanks>.
4: um, <laughs> assuming he's still there, but he was very good with the Falcons, and I, I you know, I'd I'd put him take him.
0: Yeah, I said, it's very subjective. What about yourself, Byron? Of those?
1: Uh, fantasy wise, I'd put Noah Fant first simply because he's no disrespect to the Broncos, but they're not kind of drowning in, in offensive weapons in the receiver and tight end position currently. And he's the number one there at, at his position. The other, you know, Goddard's sharing with Ertz, Hooper's now sharing with Njoku. Hawkinson, I just think. Detroit set up to go deep a lot of the time. Marvin Jones, uh, Kenny Galladay, and is it uh, Marvin Hall, is it they have as well, who kind of every other game was just catching a 50-yard touchdown pretty much for, for about half the season, wasn't it? <laughs> so I just don't, yeah. think, I don't think it's... it's. I'm not saying it's anything to do with his talent. I'm just saying from fancy viewpoint, I think the others are more valuable.
0: I'd agree. I think Fant would be my first choice there. And I think he was the one drafted the earliest in our mock draft as well but if I was to tier my players by position I think they'd all fall into the same sort of tier Um, you know particularly with Hawkinson I know he had a down season but he was argued to be a generational tight end as well people were comparing him or anointing him as sort of the next uh, Rob Gronkowski so it'll be interesting to see if that develops but I'm also not a big fan of the Lions offensive system at the moment so I think a lot would have to change in that regard but um, interesting discussion uh, particularly from an offensive side I think you know the Browns are it's going to be hard determining who you take and when um, and we saw that in the mock as well but but, uh, Byron just want to say thanks for uh, joining us and giving your insights Uh, good luck with the draft which is um, only within a matter of days and uh, we'd love to have you on again uh, either to debrief the um, the draft or uh, going into preseason.
1: Yeah, cheers. I'm happy to be back. Take care. Okay. Thanks.
0: Okay, next up in the AFC North, we have the very exciting Baltimore Ravens, a uh, team that captured the imagination of many, many fans um alike last season and, and representing the Ravens we actually have a cousin of Mo, Krinal. so Krinal, how are you doing good how are you uh yeah very good thanks um so Cronall how did you get to supporting the Ravens
5: actually it's been a long time I mean I started playing uh, NFL fever back in 2002 I believe and I always used to pick the Ravens I guess really when they won the Super Bowl and I was kind of just followed them all the way through, and they're ups and downs, mo- mo- mostly downs when Flacco was there. But <laughs> seems like it's a little upside up now with Lamar.
0: But Joe Flacco's elite, right? Or he was elite? Yeah, yeah
5: he's, he's hes good. He's more than average quarterback.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's for all the haters out there. Right, you know. yeah, he's not, he's <laughs> not bad. I mean, you know, he's, he's good. <laughs> I, I, I like Joe Flacco. Um, yeah, I don't um, know about I'm now. Still John, he's on, he's
5: on
3: now.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe not, maybe not now, yeah. but... <laughs> Uh, No, I think he's got a very storied career there. Um, So, I mean, you know, Ravens, uh, I was really rooting for them last year. Just a very exciting team, put on loads and loads of points. I was really gutted to see what happened against sort of the Titans there. But have you managed to overcome that now as a fan? Have you come to terms with the loss to the Titans? Actually, I
5: I, I didn't even get to watch a single moment of that game, which is kind of surprising because i mean i actually was on the flight the whole time and i landed and checked the score and i was like okay they lost i was like well that's great but i did <laughs> watch a moment of that which i guess is a good thing yeah exactly but, i mean over it i mean i knew it was like you know it's first year first time for lamar and the young team you know so um a little more experience now i'm sure they'll do better
0: i agree uh, i think there's a lot of reason to be optimistic there as especially a, with, uh, with not having a
5: loss you know, going up to it for a long time, you know, it's kind of like a winning mentality and then the playoff atmosphere is completely different, right? So how to, to
0: you're right. It. It, it did kind of come from nowhere in that respect, didn't it? Um, it yeah, was you, you know, gotta
5: you don't have a knockout feeling until you're on a losing record, so you, they knew they weren't gonna knocked out, but then all of a sudden, you know, it's like a knockout game and it's a pressure on there,
0: yeah. No, absolutely. Um, you know, I think it's another, another team that, um, outside of who i follow i'll be rooting for very very exciting team uh to watch there so i think in terms of then free agency moves um the the big one that comes to mind was uh, trading for calais campbell i think not only the ability shown but also the leadership that he brings could be huge to that defense uh, from a fantasy perspective of course um, hayden hurst was traded to the falcons but as, as an outsider looking in i feel like he had a very limited role on the team um you know that's some of the big ones and then you did lose uh michael pierce to the vikings who they gave him a decent but outside of that there wasn't a lot that happened not many big blockbuster type transactions so as well, a
5: as one a... of the one of the main ones was actually losing Patrick Owasur and John Vines at the same time because both of their inside linebackers, right? So, you know, they kind of like put a hole right there in the middle because, you know, Peanut Owasur was a really good, you know, up, 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 like upcoming star in the linebacker position. But we lost him and Mosley back to back, you know, to the Jets as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for wow. Michael Pierce, I mean, yeah, we lost Michael Pierce, but getting Kalias Campbell, I mean, you know, kind of he fits in the same role, I mean, with more of a pass rush, you know, mentality, but he is also a run stopper, you know, so I don't think Michael Pierce losing him will be a big deal with Derek Wolfe and Kalas Campbell joining the line.
0: Yeah, so and I'm a Broncos fan. I'm a big fan of Derek Wolfe. I was right. actually quite yeah, I mean, gutted a that we could play the Miller. Yeah, very underrated player, I think, on right. that D-line. So what are your thoughts overall, then, on free agency? I know you mentioned the linebackers is going to be a big hit, but what are your thoughts yeah, linebacker overall? Linebackers going
5: on... to be a big hit because, I mean, that's probably why they signed Jake Ryan for the Packers, uh, from the Packers, um, who's a starter, but then also with the Jaguars for, I guess, uh, past year. But he will be, a, I guess, a good – I guess he's just a fill-in right now, but I'm sure they'll have to address him through the draft. That position is kind of at the moment in a little weak. But the front line is good. The cornerbacks are pretty good, you know, because of the secondary being good um, with Jimmy Smith and Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphreys, and, you know, Joe Taewon Young coming back for sure. But I think the, the main concern on the defense is the linebacker. Really so not fairly, much of an offensive up- thing going on in free agency, much of.
0: Fairly happy then with, um, with where yeah, you I are. Mean,
5: like you said, Hayden Hurst was not utilized as much, anyways. I mean, when he was drafted, we figured that he was going to be the, you know, the go-to guy. But Mark Andrews' third round came out and did a lot better job. Um, I guess you know than Hayden Hurst, mainly because Hayden Hurst was injured most of the first year and second year. Um, yeah, and I felt like he lost so, out
0: even to like, yeah. Nick Boyle as well, you know, and other other sort of per- per- periphery tight ends who. Superseded the role that Hayden Hurst had, so I think I think that was a sensible trade for you, and then for the Falcons, right. who'd lost.
5: Yeah, I think it'll be a lot. Of, I think he'll do really good in Falcons. especially after like you know they use the tight end a lot and they lost Hooper, right? So
3: hey, Paul I mean, um, uh, Paul, Paul, you had Hayden Hurst on your, on your dynasty team, didn't you? Just a couple. Yeah, weeks ago. I still
4: got it. I still got him in um, some. I think okay. I still got it. Oh no, did I trade him way in our, um, in our league?
3: I, I think you turned to Paul. I think you traded him to uh, Chigs.
4: Yeah, I think you might
3: be
4: right. <laughs> you, you, move, you did. Guess, but...
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is one started. of the leagues. One of the leagues we're in, and it's an interesting debate because, uh, Cronel, do you play Dynasty or is do you play just sort of season long? No, it's
5: a season long. Um, I play on Yahoo and on NFL but it's just season long. I haven't played Dynasty
0: yet. Yeah, because no, we had we had an interesting discussion on one of our previous episodes. I mean, right. for me, I I actually have Mark Andrews for Dynasty as my tight end too um you know i don't think he's quite there as in a redraft league but how do, how do you rank in in say season-long leagues how do you rank andrews against the other uh, well-known titans like your kelsey's uh, Kittle, uh, you know Ertz, uh, etc where do you where do you have him is he a top five tight end for you or does he fall just outside
5: I mean, now, I mean, I think he is in the top five right now. I mean, especially looking at last year, the way he was targeted and, you know, playing, especially even when he was injured, he was still playing pretty well. Um, Now with Hayden Hurst gone, you know, I mean, you know, if another tight end does come in through the draft or any free agency, I mean, he's still got to pick up his speed, but it is going to be um, Andrews and he is a Lamar's go-to guy, Um, you know, in many situations, not even just they're down. I mean, and he just goes to him. I mean, he is a receiving tight end. I mean, much of a blocking yeah. skill. There's not much of that, but you know, he's a receiver pretty much. But I mean, I would I would say he is in the top, you know, five. I mean, not even it's not the top five. I mean, he's uh, he's up there in the top category of uh, tight ends. After you have Kittle, Kelsey, and then I mean, Ertz and Andrews. I guess they're kind of right now at the same level.
0: Yeah, because Ertz gets cannibalized a lot by Dallas Goddard as well. Right now, so, yeah,
5: uh... reason right, his utilization kind of went down last year compared to the year before that.
0: Absolutely. And I think even in a season long league, I'd probably be targeting Andrews over an Ertz personally, but understand, you know, that Ertz has shown it for a longer period of time as mm-hmm. well.
5: Well, that's the thing. I mean, like the Ertz is like Eagles offense is much more of a pass related offense. I mean, Ravens are right now with the running mentality and then once in a while passing, but then you know still he gets utilized much more of that.
0: Yeah, and <laughs> Most of the rushing comes from Lamar as well. He's just such yeah. an exciting such an exciting player to watch. I, I love watching Lamar. Uh, so, you know, you said you've got your first, second, third, fourth. Not not much happened in that regard. Not been very active in trading or accumulating picks. So, What do you think the big needs are that you'd like to address with those first sort of three or four rounds?
5: Um, I think the first, um, I mean, we had, I think, five picks in the first three rounds. First one pick in the first and then two in the second and two in the third. So I, I think the first pick they're probably going to address is copy going to be linebacker or edge rusher. If the linebackers are gone that they want, which probably are Patrick Queen and Murray. If they're gone and even probably Zach Bowen, But even if all three of them are gone, then they'll probably address a rusher. I don't think they'll probably go for a receiver. But it is a likely chance that they might go for a receiver in the second round when they got like probably LaVisca Chenault or some other guy like that. But I mean... T. Higgins is another good guy. But I, mean, be... I think the best options for the Ravens are probably going to be linebacker, edge rusher, and um, receiver for the first few rounds. And probably offensive of linemen because we did lose Monster Yonder, right? So, I mean, that's probably one thing they should uh, look at in the second round, probably, of the draft.
0: It's an interesting one because it was amazing okay. watching what Lamar did without really a quality receiving core. You know, I mean you had Hollywood Brown who was there as the deep threat and Andrews as the tight end. But outside of that, I don't remember any notable sort of receivers on that roster last no, season. I mean, there were the few. only
5: one we had was Miles Boygan was one of the guys, but you know, he was a third round pick that I mean, I think he's gonna step up this year much more than what he did last year, but you know, they still need to get someone um more capable of big plays, probably a playmaker down the field again
0: yeah So I could, I could certainly see ravens right. targeting um either the you know one of the earlier rounds get because it's a, it's a deep receiver class and i know we mentioned that a oh, lot right. um i mean Chenault would be very intriguing because he's a he's a very fast sort of gadget player and if you have him and hollywood it could really open up a lot of those um passing opportunities uh or you know for like an andrews or to the running back, or even, um, who is the thinking, Mark Ingram, very, very talented three down back. So it'd be interesting if they do go for another burner downfield right. to, accompany, to accompany Marquise Brown. Um, so, Paul, I've got a question then. Again, and I've referred to you as our QB whisperer on the podcast okay. because of your... <laughs> your love for quarterbacks oh, but sure, for quarterbacks. Wh- wh- where do you rank Lamar in terms of dynasty quarterbacks is he your qb2 or would you rather have somebody else ahead of him no i
4: i i think i'd take him i think i'd take him first actually
0: over mahomes as well yeah i think so wow really hey. um, yeah i suppose with the yeah, with would, the, just... the rushing upside
4: um, he's, he's from a fantasy perspective, not from um, not as an overall NFL player, but uh, as a fantasy perspective. And it depends if you're looking at for a sort of if you, my fear is that just all rushing quarterbacks end up getting injured, or well, most, not all, sorry, you know, most get it, You've got so much more risk on that, um. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Yeah, and I think on the whole, Lamar did well to protect himself, but you're right, it just takes that one hit, as Mahomes saw, you know, trying to do the QB sneak on the goal line, uh, you get hit in the wrong place, and that could be a a long-term injury there. Um, Does that worry you as a fan, Crinnell, just about how much Lamar puts his body out there?
5: Um, No, not really. I mean, he... He is playing his natural game. I mean, if you take that away from him, then he may not be Omar, you know. Um, but he does take his um, safety a big deal. I mean, he does go out of bounds. He does slide when he needs to. I mean, there are a couple of hits I did take last year that were um, something questionable. Or, you know, just take look out, you know. But, I mean, I think he does a great job with his um, legs and running in the open field. His awareness is good, too. I mean, he's he's developing passing, right? so. He's doing a lot better now with passing, so you know it's kind of hard to predict what he's going to do.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, he he does actually tend to look after himself well. Although Miles Garrett's now back from suspension, so he might need to take extra precaution with. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> with Miles Garrett being back. So, so speaking of which, uh, you you took that division down at a canter last season, although the Bengals were poor you know they got the number one pick for a reason and the steelers did lose big ben and also the browns look very dysfunctional um so what are your thoughts going into this season i mean 14 and 2 last season um you know it's no no joke but do you think you can emulate that or do do you still feel confident that you can at least take down the the division
5: i believe so i think uh taking that division right now is um it's not the big task at the moment. I mean, since the
0: team is doing so well
5: together and, you know, you saw the same team most of um, playing together. I mean, the main threat was with the Ravens or the Steelers, right? But then they lost their three main, um, you know, players that they had. And, I mean, they're still a threat. I think they're still much of a threat compared to the Bengals and the Browns right now because they're always art rival. And they know how to, you know, put the team together. But um, I think we can still hit the division up top this year um if not 14 and 2 but you know pretty good winning record maybe three or four losses
0: yeah and what are your thoughts on the Bengals project uh you know they've got the number one pick uh Joe Burrow had possibly the best season ever in college football history are you worried at all about where the Bengals could be in a year or two or is that not much of a concern for you um they
5: could be. I think they may be a lot in a better, a lot better position than the Steelers are right now. But I don't think they're going to be too far of a threat for us because we're still young talent developing, you know, in the team. So I think the Ravens are still going to be um, one of the top teams um, in the division for a while now, like the Steelers were for a, you know, a good bit of time.
0: Yeah, and then what are your thoughts on the Browns? And I ask particularly because with that, you know, I don't want to bring up uh those bad memories but with the loss to the uh with the titans they sort of ran all over the um uh over the ravens and with the change of coaching at the browns they've gone for kevin stefanski very run heavy offense you'd predict they've got a great back in nick chubb and also kareem hunt does that concern you or do you think you would have learned enough from that playoff loss to counter the DNA that it looks like the Browns are going for, which should be quite similar to the Titans almost. I mean, I think
5: the Ravens have kind of figured out that the Browns are going for that because, you know, Nick Chubb had a great game against Ravens in the fourth week, I guess, last year. Um, so they know what they're going for. And, you know, the Ravens are trying to develop that. I guess that's the reason why they probably signed Derek Wolf and Colas Campbell and probably going to address more, you know, defensive linemen in, in the draft, you know, um, because that's actually a key thing we had an issue with last year was stopping the run so i think that's probably one of the top priorities they will take into to sign in linebackers that can stop the run or defensive linemen that can you know hold the run
0: yeah and that's a great point actually uh derek wolf i know as a broncos fan was great at uh you know stopping the run and uh Calais campbell is obviously a, a a great player with great leadership as well so that's a good point yeah. there with i the, mean they uh, still have
5: brandon williams right and matthew judon they can, you know they're all pretty good players right and now and especially again Derek wolf and class campbell now that like bolsters it up a lot
0: no i completely agree with you on that and then looking ahead then to the fantasy season um i mean lamar we've discussed you know top right. two latest top three qb i think for fantasy but what are your thoughts on that running back room because um You've got Mark Ingram, who was dominant last season uh won load of people championships, but he is you know in his tenth season now, so he's a bit of an older back. Justice Hill didn't really get much opportunity last season uh but you know did come in with um a bit of a college pedigree there, and then Gus Edwards, who again the Gus bus was it a couple of years ago did have a few good games so what are your thoughts you know from a nfl perspective and from a fantasy perspective on that trio out there
5: from what i've looked into and what i've saw i think ingram is probably gonna have a repeat season or you know as long as if if not as good as he did last year probably a little less but you know he's gonna have a good season and um i'm not really sure about gus edwards or just Hill. I mean, they're probably, they're really good running backs, but I think the Ravens might address a running back in the draft, maybe later in the third round or, you know, fourth-round pick, whichever. But I think if they do do one of those things, then, um, you know, Gus Edwards or Hill won't really be much of a factor. But, I mean, Ingram, I think he's going to probably do the same thing as he did last year with his running ability. Because it's going to be hard to stop the run if Lamar's going to, you know, keep doing the fakes. You know, Ingram's going to get big busts in the, in the defense. <laughs> so it's kind of hard to predict that. I mean, there's question. Yeah, for, and of course you, know, you um
0: I, had to let go uh, Alex Collins for um off the field right. issues as well. <laughs> yeah. It was a bit of a bit of a shame on that one. And then um and I, think I, he got I right
5: know last year before the before the season began last year I think.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's right. it's a shame for him because he was very young and he did actually show some He was good. Yeah, he did show good signs as a starting running back. <laughs> but with Ingram, I think, you know, in capable hands there. Very, very good player. And he has yeah, been everywhere. The main thing played. is that he's
5: going to get a lot of rest because Gus Edwards is so good in offense. So, I mean, you know, Ingram gets his rest that he needs um, throughout the game. So, you know, he has high potential again in the upcoming season, I believe.
0: Yeah, and, and we've discussed, you know, players like Ingram on this podcast from a dynasty perspective. If you're a team that's win now, He's the sort of player that could make the difference between just making the playoffs and actually getting your name on the trophy at the end of the. Yeah, yeah. so if he's if he's owned by a team that you think's in rebuild or has a unrealistic chance, speak to them and try and work something out because he's a he's a dynasty changer potentially uh, for those teams in win now. Um, I know wide receiver we've touched on uh, as a p- position you might be looking to address. Are there any names out there outside of Boykin or Brown, who you think might have some uh, fantasy value or might have a bit of a breakout season, perhaps?
5: Honestly, in the Ravens' roster, I mean, they've always had an issue with receivers. Uh, I mean, you know, tight ends is the only thing you know that they're known for at the moment. Um, really, no receivers outside of Boykin and Brown that I can see that have a breakout. I mean, they did resign Chris Moore, but I mean, he's just a he's he's a flash. You know, just comes in once in a while. You know, just in the game, sometimes he gets a deep catch, but. Other than that, I don't really see anyone in the Ravens roster right now with the receiving abilities that will, like, you know, alter the fantasy world.
0: Yeah. Do you, and what are your do thoughts? You, I was gonna Sorry,
3: say, going to say, I, I, I got some um, equity there in Boykins. Do you think he can make that second-year leap?
5: I think he can. I think he can do a pretty good job in that. I've read into him. I've saw articles. I mean,
0: they're doing a really good job in that. And... um uh paul i think you actually as part of your trade for or you know parting with hayden Hurst, you picked up uh marquise brown as part of that so is yeah. was that on the basis that you just like the upside that he has um you know because he is a very he he can break out a big run and it's going to be hard to catch him but what was the thinking there in terms of targeting brown as part of that transaction
4: uh, in all honesty, Schicks just wore me down and kept going on and on about it. Eventually, I was clicked the wrong
3: button. <laughs> now, now I know uh, the trick of how to trade with Paul. Oh, yeah, exactly. Wear she him down. Back
4: back. Well, if, if you remember that trade when it went through, we actually did it where I, I originally did it and I thought I was getting a pick, and in fact, I was giving a pick, which I clicked by mistake when we were discussing. But, um, yeah, I mean, I do like the upside of Brown. Um, at <laughs> least, you know, he's... <sighs> You know, they, 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 don't, they don't throw to their wide receivers at the moment. So I wouldn't have thought he's going to be any lower than where he is now. He's got a fairly safe floor, I thought.
0: Um, yeah, my my worry so. with Marquise Brown was just that, can he be relied upon weekly? And, you know, me and Chiggs did talk about trade because he's a player I'm interested in. But just just I've got a lot of players in that sort of good but unreliable category and that's why i didn't go for the trade um but i do like the upside that he brings as well especially
4: I can't with remember that the rest speed. of the i can't remember the rest of the um what the rest of the trade was we had with it actually
3: um it was haydenhurst uh marquise brown um you give up haydenhurst uh you're giving up picks was the key uh, you gave up you gave up a second rounder um
0: and, uh you and also
4: right
0: and Sterling and Sterling Shepherd, Sterling Shepherd. that's in the one. Marquise that's Brown, one. Sammy Watkins, and Griffin. So I, I still do think Chig's won that trade, but, you know, it's not grossly unfair. And I think Marquise Brown could certainly show up. And uh, on those weeks where you're in a tight game, for instance, could, you know, pull out a win from nowhere. Um, so he's got that sort of upside about him. And he's young. You know, he's only 22 as well. Yeah. So... Uh, Good player. Uh, well, Cronel, just want to say thank you very much for joining us and giving your insights onto the Ravens. As I said I'm a big fan of the uh, project that you're building there. Um, I was really rooting for you last season and uh, will be will be again this season. So, you know, good luck with the draft. Good luck with the season. And uh, we'd love to have you on again sometime to talk uh, the Ravens. Yeah, sure. No problem. Thanks for having me on here. No worries. Take care. Cheers. Thank you very much. Thanks. So uh, next up then in the AFC North, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers. Unfortunately, our friend Joe, who was going to come on uh, to represent the Steelers and is a big supporter of ours, has fallen ill. So Joe, hope you're feeling well and you recover soon and we'd love to have you on soon. Uh, But uh, in the meantime, it'll be myself, Mo and Paul breaking down the Steelers. So uh, Steelers, of course, uh, Mo, as you know, don't have a first rounder. They did trade their first away uh, to get Minka Fitzpatrick. As it turned out, with Big Ben being injured all season, it turned out to be a middling first. So maybe not quite as early as the Dolphins would have liked. But it it was pick 18 that it translates to. So the first pick the Steelers have is actually pick 49. uh, And then they don't have one in the third until they're compensatory and then a couple of fourths. Now, Steelers isn't a team I've been following very closely, but I did read up on some of their sort of fan sites as to what the fans think the needs are. And it looks like the biggest needs, according to these sort of um, fan sites, is additional help at receiver and then possibly an incumbent to Roethlisberger, but one of the later round QBs. So I've been seeing whispers of the likes of Jacob Eason and Jalen Hurts, for example, you know, not moving anywhere near up to target those uh tours and herberts for uh of course but uh you know taking maybe a one of the one in the third or fourth round uh depending on who falls that far um so what are your thoughts on on the steelers this year with uh with big ben back uh mo i think
3: uh, i think they're gonna have a solid season um uh they're gonna have competition between the browns and the ravens um however i think you know big ben leading leading the ship there uh you know they they still have a lot of talent there. I mean the coaching staff is good and and you know Pittsburgh Steelers is an organization that thrives on consistency, consistently winning. You don't usually have that many down years uh, with the Steelers. Even last year, you know they played fairly well and um uh, and that was with Ben Big Ben out, but with uh, Big Ben back in the center and all reports, all early reports say you know he's feeling as good as he's even actually feeling better than uh, than uh, how he how he felt coming into last year honestly. So um I think I think he's I think they're gonna have a pretty good year. I, I do believe they're going to need some wide receiver help. I mean, uh, outside Juju, um, you have you have some decent players. You know, you have some decent play from Washington and Johnson. Uh, I don't, but I don't see anyone making that huge leap or uh, you know a strong wide receiver two uh, to kind of complement Juju there. But uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, uh, I, as as a team itself as a whole, I, I think I think they're in a solid place. Steelers have known are known for their defense. Um, they they may you know. Fill up some of their needs on defense um, through the draft, but uh, as as per the win and loss, I mean, I would I would put them at least I would put them at least eight oh, eight plus wins. So I'll, I'll I'll say definitely definitely eight plus wins is what I'll go put them under.
0: Yeah, and surprising, surprising. – you take the over. Well, I was going to say last season, surprisingly, they did get an eight and eight record, and that was considering the QB was QBs, I should say, were Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges, both who. Prove themselves probably nowhere near ready to be start caliber quarterbacks, but I I do really like the coach. I think Mike Tomlin's one of the best and most underrated coaches in the league, and I've got even more respect for him now, having seen what he had to deal with, uh, with Lev Bell, but to a much, much greater extent, Antonio Brown and uh, (laughs) just that sort of diva type attitude. Uh, so I, I think Tomlin's a really good coach, and um up coaches, you know, players to perform better than they should. I was surprised when I looked back and saw that they actually had eight wins. I know uh, the Bengals were in that division, of course, got the um, first pick. But, of course, you did also have the um, uh, Ravens in that division who went 14-2. and two. So, you know, it's no, no um, easy task to get eight wins. But, yeah, I, I think, you know, they're probably going to need to get around that 10 if they want to make the playoffs this year. Bengals um, should improve with the first pick in each round. Um, Browns, you know, can they be more or less dysfunctional than when they were with Kitchens? I think it's going to be a a harder division to call, and I can't see anybody getting 13 or 14 wins like the Ravens did last year. But uh, I agree, if they can protect and keep Big Ben healthy then that, that, that could be a very good offensive team, as they've proven in the past.
4: I think it'd be a really hard division, actually.
0: It will, yeah. And um, maybe not having a first might harm them, uh, because that's where they're not going to be able to get one of those elite uh, players, because the first pick they have isn't actually until pick 49. So you think you're seeing you know, almost 50 players go by the time you actually pick. That's a lot of uh, talent to lose out on. Um, but, and then also looking at the receivers, as Mo, you mentioned, um, every receiver there, the maximum experience they have is three years in the league. That means every single receiver will still be on their rookie or free agent contract, basically. Um, so I, I could see why they may target receiver. But then they did just bring in Ebron, who's essentially a receiving tight end, you know, not known for his. Blocking abilities, but uh, Ebron's an interesting one as well because with him and Vance McDonald, there could be two to target. Um, as Big Ben did start to use McDonald a bit more before he got injured. Who do yeah. you take, Paul, out of the two in a um, let's say starting with a redraft league? Um, it's a tight end. Yeah, between Ebron and Vance.
4: I really don't know. I think it's a really hard pick. I like Vance last year, but. I like Ebron as well. is uh, as, as a as a talent. Um, I don't know. I need to look into that a little bit more. Actually, I'm I'm I'd be a little stuck on those two. I,
3: I think I would I would go clear. Uh, I think Ebron's just more proven. Um, I would I would go with Ebron on that on the, on that setup.
4: He is as, he is as a player, but um, not in their system. Maybe it's my only. If it's re, you're talking redraft, right?
0: This was just a redraft, yeah. yeah. I think age becomes a factor in dynasty. But also time the... to
4: get into the system. I mean, in a yeah. year yeah. as well, maybe more so, but these are going to be such short training camps, everyone's going to be straight into it.
0: Yeah, yeah. that's I true. Think.
4: I think you're probably right, though.
0: But, but you know, they've, they've got a lot to play with there. Big Ben has historically had a good O-line in front of him. Um, and if they can... I mean, last year it was the stinger and the elbow injury. That caused him to miss the season. But if you you know looking at Big Ben, then that running back, you've got quite a set group there with James Conner, Jalen Samuels, and Benny Snell. I won't mispronounce his name this time, like I did on a previous <laughs> episode. <laughs> but you know, all three did have some fantasy value when they played. I think the issue is that can any of them actually stay fit? And I know the running backs are. It's a tough, tough in you know, a position. Um, take a lot of hits from big defensive linemen and if you can make it past them then like the safeties but uh, time will tell if they can keep all of those fit then they can really take uh, take advantage of the play action and uh, give Ben time to try and hit likes of Juju, Deontay whether it's a new receiver Uh, who was I missing? James Washington as well
3: do you guys think uh, they drafted running back in this draft?
4: I think they so desperately need a quarterback, though.
0: Yeah, I think that I think they need a backup QB. I mean, I saw a couple of um, these fan sites where they were t- touting uh, for them to get somebody like a Jalen Hurts, who in the Alabama system didn't really get much of an opportunity to pass. You know, they relied on their defense and run game a lot. But he did take them to national championships and he took uh, OU to the playoffs as well, if I recall. So, you know, we've had this discussion, I think, offline, Mo. I think I'm a bigger fan of Jalen Hurts than maybe the rest of the group are. And I understand the limitations he's working with, but maybe with a year or two, learning from somebody like a Big Ben, you could be looking at something. Um, I mean, without giving away too much of, my draft strategy. He's a player that I might even be looking at with my second, which is the middle of the second. You know, not to say um, if he's there I'm definitely taking him, but certainly be a player of intrigue um to take a backup QB in the middle of the second round of oh, the rookie draft. So they, would didn't lose kind too early. Much.
4: they didn't lose too much on the defensive side in the um in free agency, did they?
0: No, they didn't, you know, so as I said they've managed to keep a lot of the players i think they might actually re-sign jayvon hargrave on the line d line which is a big big keep they've lost the center um finney who's gone over to the seahawks um but you know might be something that they look to address um in that in the in the draft in one of the later rounds i could see that they've signed a couple of other players like john Kenoy. i don't not too familiar with the center position so i don't know what he brings uh, if he's more of a futures player but uh don't
3: they have a uh, Pouncy still
0: oh that's right yeah so he's the big one yeah so, he's okay. the main one i yeah, they're, so they're fine, fine. on yeah, that of yeah of course yeah i forgot about Pouncy altogether so i think big ben will be fine if he it's just if he can stay fit uh, it'll be an interesting division to watch especially if the browns can get their act together um so <laughs> yeah let's see um afc north Looks like it's going to give us a a lot of intrigue going into the season. But uh, that was our Steelers uh, breakdown. Again, Joe, hope you feel better soon, and we'll love to have you on again. But uh, on to the next team. So uh, last up then in the AFC North, we have the Cincinnati Bengals, who, of course, as everyone now knows or should know if you're an NFL fan, have the number one pick. Uh, so here to break down the Bengals, we've got myself, uh, Mo and Chiggs. So um, in any any uh, mock draft you look at, uh, everyone seems to think that the Bengals are going Joe Burrow, who had uh, just the historical level of uh, play last year, the best quarterback season ever in college football. Chiggs, do you think there's any other way that they could go or do you think they just have to take the QB of the future here?
2: I think you have to go Joe Burrow. You know, um, obviously a lot of chat about Tua last season, you know, was looking at the number one overall. And then Joe Burrow came out and had that season. And obviously Tua's injury, yeah, Joe Burrow is the, the, clear, the clear bullet, number one, can't go any other way.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting because I don't know if you've been following what some of the uh, scouts and GMs have been saying about Tua just in recent days. I know you can't take everything you read seriously this time of year because uh, there are a lot of positive stories and negative stories about players. But uh, I'll ask you, Mo, do you think there's truth to some of that? Do you think he's been concealing injuries and that could seem slide down the board here? Uh, I believe so. Um, I think I think some I think I think more or less skepticism is going
3: to make some of the GMs hesitant to draft him. However, it's probably teams that are probably not looking for a QB at this point. And I, I haven't heard any negativity about Tua from, from either the dolphins camp or the uh, chargers camp at this point. And that might be something that they're just kind of keeping, you know, kind of, kind of don't want to show their car, don't want to show their hand at this time so that they can maybe jump on Herbert or someone else. But um, I, I, I th- with, if you' were just one or two rumors, I can understand, but there's, you know, they, they've mentioned numerous GMs bring this up. So, um i i think i think more or less i think it's just more or less that everyone has all these gms have injury concerns with them i mean you know people are comparing him to you know glass from uh you know mr glass from uh unbreakable there they're just uh the movie where he just you know any little hit here and there he just you know something something fall apart from
2: see i think that's very very harsh you know the the obviously the major injury the uh the hip the hip issue you know that's a uh... It's a career threatening injury and yet he's back you know um, he's throwing you know looks like he's going to be ready. he would have been ready you know for um, for the process so yeah there's obviously a bit of risk there but I don't know if you saw that does um, Peter King was saying that um, you know there's talk about maybe the Patriots trading up to get to her. right so oh, really? <laughs> yeah you know Peter King's a very very well respected. Uh, Journalist, and if, if you don't read his article, you know they, Football Morning in America. Like, I highly recommend that on uh, on Monday morning. Um, you know, for for anyone who hasn't checked it out. Yeah, and you know, if you look at what Nick Saban said about you know Tua being the best general he's had in his time, and this is one of the all-time great coaches, college football. You know, had amazing players come through that system at Alabama, and you know he ranks Tua at that top of that tree, you know? So, yeah, the injuries might cause him to slide a little bit. But I think from um, the Bengals' perspective, it has to be Joe Burrow.
3: You know, I'm going to go out of the limb and say I'm actually not a fan of Joe Burrow or Tua. I don't see either of them succeed in the NFL. One, you know, different reasons for for both. Um, but uh, I'm going to go and just, just a little... Just throw this out there we'll see we'll, we'll come back here in a couple years from now and see prove me wrong or i'm 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 correct we'll see
2: you're the uh, you're the anti poor you hate every quarterback out there right
3: i do i do um uh, i almost prefer like the other quarterbacks the sleeper ones in the mid-round picks um i prefer them over these top tier ones sometimes and i think this i don't like this 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 year's draft class of qbs at least not joe burrow or tua or herbert for that matter i'm not a fan of either three either one of those
0: that's a very hot take, indeed. Um, Go, I'm but... going the other way.
2: <laughs> so, <laughs> well, it, I mean, if, you, if you had the first pick in a rookie draft, Mo, and <laughs> just say you were, so you had a, you had a decent quarterback stable, but maybe for whatever reason there was injuries, or you know, you, you ended up with the number one overall pick. Would you shy away from taking any of these quarterbacks as the the number uh, one pick? I, I think I kind of started? mentioned
3: that before. I think I'm. I, I think I said that. I I could. I could possibly see me. St- Taking C.D. Lamb if he went to the right place. Uh, however, because like the of Jets. the value of the QBs, I like the Jets. <laughs> but because of the value of the, G, D, uh, the QBs in these um, in these drafts or you know in a super flex league, I think you would have to still draft the QB and then make a trade uh, with someone else. So I, I would never tell him. I'm you know I, I hate this player. I want to get rid of him. I would you know pretend I loved him, but I would trade him for CD Lamb and maybe something extra. And that would be the only reason I I take a QB just cuz of the value. But as per uh the, the player I I think CD Lamb uh is is going to be a beast. If he's in the right team. <laughs> Probably not um the Jets.
0: Yeah, I've I've heard I've heard a good saying on um you know a couple of um fantasy analysts who play Superflex uh, or just generally have said and that when it comes to drafts or particularly rookie drafts uh, you should draft for value and trade for need and i think with that said that's why um you'd expect at least 3 of the top 4 or 5 picks in a superflex rookie uh, league to be qbs um if not all top 3 um just cuz they have uh, qbs is the most uh, in in superflex is the most p- scarce position um to get starters in and um that's why it's good, you know, having them, but then you've got to trade them to fill other <laughs> holes, uh, as you say. Good old Paul. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, no, no slight at Paul, of course. But, uh, okay, so we're talking about the Bengals. I mean, they've got the number one pick for a reason. They were bad generally everywhere. And looking at their free agency moves, they have been quite active and particularly looking to shore up that defense. So. Um, In a big signing uh, on the D-line there in DJ Reader, who they've got from the Texans. They've got Trey Wayans as well, um, who's left the Dolphins. Of course, they replaced him with Byron Jones. And then from the Saints, they've got Von Bell at safety as well. So those are the really big ones. There's a few others, um, you know, another safety in uh, Um, no, Sorry, he'd actually left. Uh, Who was I looking at here? I was looking at the cornerback sorry mackenzie alexander you know who's come from the cap hit vikings there but one thing that they will need to do and i think we saw this last year with dalton or even when it was um who was the backup there i forget the name ryan finley i think it was uh, is that they didn't protect the qb well and um we discussed before their first round was a um Offensive tackle, I think, last year. So he's to come back. Who was injured all season? But if they are taking Burrow, do you think for the rest of the draft they need to then address, you know, protecting Burrow?
2: You think, you think so, right? So, so Jonah Williams was—they um, took him to the eleventh overall pick last year, and he was out for I think the entire season. So, so he's coming back, but. <laughs> Yeah, I think if, you, if you're bringing in a rookie quarterback, you're going to need to protect him, give him time in that pocket to throw. You've still got great weapons for him to throw to. You know, AJ Green's been uh, tagged, so he's coming back. Yeah, that's an elite wide receiver for Burrow. So, yeah, I, th- I think the biggest need is to make sure that you can protect him and give him every opportunity to make those throws. <laughs>
3: Now, now, Do you guys think Burrow will start right off the bat, or uh, let and I, I would presume they'll let Andy Andy Dalton come in for a little start off, maybe kind of, uh, maybe first half of the season, quarter of the season, if possible, or you, you everyone kind of feels like Burrow is going to start off week one and Andy's going to be traded somewhere.
0: I think Dalton gets traded. It could be a draft day trade. Uh, we've seen that a few times with QBs. I mean, who has a starting need? Uh, you know that they may not trust the thing I mean if anyone maybe the Patriots or the Chargers uh I think with the Dolphins they're fine there with Fitzpatrick at the moment uh, and arguably the Chargers are fine with Tyrod um you know I don't think they'd want to bring in someone like Dalton so then he's running out of places that he could go as a conceivable starter I said Patriots is the one that sort of screams out at me just looking at the teams but If they keep Dalton, then it could make sense to give Burrow a bit of time to play. But it's always hard starting someone who you're actively trying to shop as well sometimes.
2: I mean, that's it. They made it pretty clear Dalton's not their guy of the future. And I think it's very hard to take a quarterback number one overall and then tell him you're going to, you know, especially after the season he's had last year. Very hard for him to come in and go, you know what, you're going to sit behind Andy Dalton to you know for half a season. <laughs> yeah, you know, this is the guy we don't want, and we've drafted you number one overall. It sends a bit of a weird message out. So I don't see it happening. I, even even if Dalton is still there for some reason, you know he's going to be playing a backup role. I think Borough goes in, and they're going to give him every opportunity to. You know, they're they're not in a win now mode anyway, so they're going to give him time to sort of grow into that role. And you're probably looking at them. You know, they showed some good signs, obviously, um, under Zach Taylor last year.
0: Um, you know. And he was, he was bought in as a uh, offensive guru. So they have got good weapons there, uh, I suppose, with what they, what they have already. Um, I see the Bengals as a prime candidate to maybe trade down one of their other picks. Um, you know, they've got the first pick in every round. Uh, I don't think they've got other picks accumulated uh, or any compensatory picks. So particularly at the start of the second, you know, if they could move down seven or eight spots, they could get two seconds for that. And with a team that is in rebuild, um, you know, I think they'll acknowledge that they're probably not going to compete for the division, um, even though other teams have done it in the past, I suppose. Um, But, you know, then they've got other weapons there. I mean, Let's talk about running back, because the, the the standout player there is Joe Mixon, the player that was drafted in our mock draft, I think early in the second. But there are whispers coming out that he's looking to hold out if he doesn't get a new deal. If that does happen, do you think or if the if the team thinks that could happen, do you reckon the Bengals may actually go out and draft one of these superstar running backs like a deandre swift perhaps or you know a jk dobbins uh jonathan taylor or somebody like that
2: i'm not sure they would spend the capital to do that given that they're not in you know win now mode i'd say you know they took um i think travion williams and rodney anderson i think in this both of them in the sixth round last year Mm. anderson was actually out for the entire season but he was sort of projected as that almost when Mixon's deal kind of came up. um, And if he wasn't delivering, then he was going to be the kind of guy that would then step into that, into that seat. Um, You know, Oklahoma running back, very productive at college, obviously, unfortunately injury sort of cost him quite a bit of time. But, you know, if you look at actually the free agent market, you still got Devonta Freeman still out there. Hasn't been claimed. So I could see them maybe going with the sort of plug and play and something like that, and maybe drafting a guy again in one of the later rounds to sort of see if he fits.
3: Yeah, I, I agree. I think they. I agree. I mean, they, I think they're going to use their early picks on protecting the QB, and um, that makes perfect sense. I mean, there's enough veteran running backs. Um, Freeman makes perfect sense, and no, I totally agree with that.
2: And they still got Gio Bernard there, right? As well, so. You know, yeah, he's, he's a great PPR kind of safety blanket as well, catching the ball out of the backfield for Borough as well. So, I mean, you want Mixon to kind of agree, you know, agree a deal or just work it all out and stay, because, you know, I think they're building something exciting there. And, you know, he, he had a good season last year. And you want him to sort of build on that and sort of now try and push himself into that upper echelon of running back. Yeah. Help him to it out.
0: if if the Bengals look to trade Mixon and draft you know a rookie because it is also Mixon's last year before his um, rookie contract expires I think with where he was drafted is only set to make I mean I say only but you know one and a half million a year and he's looking for that elite running back money do you think there's actually a market where somebody might give draft capital and then sign him up to something because I'm, I'm not sure there is but you know, I don't know if I'm missing a team here. Maybe somebody like the Chiefs could make them extra dangerous, but then they don't have unlimited cap either. They won't have, like they have the can... cap space. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah so... it's, it's something we've talked about previously, right, in one of the episodes with giving these sort of rookie running backs when they come to their deals and just paying them big money and then, you know, the production doesn't live up to that that contract and then you have to cut them and we've seen with david johnson todd Gurley this season you know prime examples of that i don't think mixon's done enough either to sort of warrant that kind of money i think a lot of it's still based on potential and obviously he's still very young and and he's shown flashes of it but he hasn't really carried that offense when they have needed it so can you see them paying him that kind of money
0: No, and this is the thing we said uh, when we were talking with um, the Chargers, I believe, that if we've learned anything in the last couple of years, it's a very dangerous game for a running back to hold out um, because I think Lev Bell got really lucky that, you know, the GM prior to Gase did actually splash out and give him that big contract. But if you look since then... um, you know, seen Melvin Gordon, I think he got fairly fortunate to get eight million a season as well. Uh, but I'm not sure unless you're like a Saquon Barkley, a CMC, that caliber of back, I don't think you're going to get that big 14, 15 million a season plus uh, move. And then if you hold out, it's a very dangerous game because these running backs do come through college every year and running backs are a position where rookies can hit the ground running. You know, you don't have that same level of learning um and development that you do as um, a receiver or especially as a tight end uh where you traditionally see that it takes a year or two before they're fully integrated into the system so yeah let's see at the moment it's rumors um i think if mixon does do that he's playing a dangerous game there um because he won't have seen out his contract either but
2: that's the other thing with um running backs as well right it's obviously it's so heavily dependent on i know know you have you say the same for quarterback but also the offensive line for for a running back and they're as you say they can hit the ground running straight away and the production tends to tail off as they you know obviously the more reps they get so actually there's an argument to be saying, well, you shore up your offensive line, then you just plug and play rookie running backs in there, and you just kind of keep recycling them. <clears throat> um, you know, like the Steelers did it, when they, you know, Lev Bell moved on, James Conner sort of stepped in, did very well. Yeah. The charges you saw with um, Austin Eckler sort picked up the slack on um, from when Melvin Gordon was holding out. So, as you say, it's a very dangerous game, and people are maybe cottoning onto that now unless you say, unless you're an elite guy like uh, Christian McCaffrey, where the deal kind of he is that offense right, so
3: yeah, it's, it's a dangerous game to play uh, history has shown that uh, holding out, a running back, holding out during camp, uh, they don't fare very well
0: and um, I mean, I, I quite you know, let's look at the uh, wide receiver uh, with, with transition sorry, um, franchise tagging AJ Green he's going to get get good money for an older receiver who's had a bit of an injury breakdown but if he can stay fit th- that's great for burrow because he's gonna have you know big elite target in aj green um, a player that i own and i'm a big fan of in tyler boyd who actually um, funnily enough had a better season when aj green was around because he found you know, more space to play with. Um, and even on a per-game basis, scored more points two years ago with Green around than he did last season as the number one. Um,
2: I don't think Tyler Boyd's your typical number one wide receiver. I think he's a very, very good number two. Yeah. Um. You know, so if anything, you you, you talking about draft needs. Obviously, they've tagged AJ Green. That's probably something they'll need to address. Maybe not this draft, but maybe it's next year but getting in that that prototypical number one receiver to sort of replace aj green when he finally does kind of retire break down
3: any love for uh john ross
0: injuries with that guy you know he's perfect sort of accompaniment to uh, a boyd and a green with the um downfield speed but can he stay fit you know he's not been able to so far they invested a top 10 pick in him as well yep so it's a tough one um but i i like i said I'm, i'm glad for tyler as a tyler boyd owner that aj green's back because um i mean if you i'm looking at where he finished the last two seasons he was wide receiver 18 last year and wide receiver 17 the year before so not much difference in that regard but i i just remember when aj green was around he was more reliable and it shows he got more points on a per game basis as well um so then the other one who had a bit of a breakout last year then slowed down towards the end was Auden tate he's another big body big receiver uh almost took over from what aj green used to do but he, he's even bigger you know i think he's almost 20 pounds heavier than like an aj green uh and taller as well than uh, than AJ Green. But uh, if, you know, out of the other receivers that are there, and if they don't draft somebody, do you think he's one that you might want to target in other leagues? Like, he's the one who'll get the opportunities? Or are you seeing anybody else in their receiver core that you think might be the one to keep an eye on? I think
2: they're, they're the guys, right? For... You know, Auden Tate for me is that kind of sleeper, you know, you, you take him in the later rounds and actually, again, if, if AJ Green goes down again or, you know, Auden Tate manages to sort of build on what he was showing last year and kind of makes that breakthrough, he could be a real nice sort of value on draft day. I haven't really seen anyone else on the roster that kind of stands out to me.
3: Yeah, I honestly haven't seen many of the wide receivers uh, there besides Boyd last year and a little bit, you know, limited uh, showing John Ross had. But yeah, I, I honestly haven't had a chance to look at Alden Tate. Uh, You've seen, like you said, he had a couple of decent games, but um haven't seen enough of them, honestly. Uh, I think I think uh, Bengals have been an afterthought on a lot of people's minds for a good while.
2: There's actually, I mean, the one other guy, a um, bit of a sleeper, you know, if You look at their tight end um, stable. And you've got CJ armor and Drew Sample. You know his had some productive games when he's he's flashed, and Obviously inconsistent. Again, you know if you're looking, if you're if you're going to wait on tight end and you're going to pick up kind of guys later on, he's a, he's a guy you can look at just for opportunity. You know you should get he should get his share of red zone looks.
3: I was actually thinking um, uh, the Bengals might be prime candidate to draft a tight end. Uh, I mean, the tight end class isn't deep, but uh, later rounds—I mean, I think there's there's some pretty decent blocking tight ends um, this year, and uh, they might be one—you uh, know—one of those teams that have been targeting one of those, maybe later third, fourth, fifth
0: round, maybe. Yeah, that's a good point. Just add to the protection for um, what seems like it's going to be Burrow, and you know, of course, they let Tyler Eifert go um, this season, who was there for a while. He's gone to the Jags, and Tyler Croft was there for a while. I'm guessing uh, he's, I'm guessing he's gone as well. Um, Drew Sample, they did invest a bit of draft capital in him, yeah. didn't they? What was he, a third or fourth rounder uh, only last season? Mm-hmm. So maybe if he, if he can stay fit, might be somebody to keep an eye out on. But yeah. these are definitely the sort of um, players, um, especially if you play in a tight end premium league like we do mostly, that you do want as deep stashes because if they get the opportunity then they will give you big big dividends um as we've seen with you know likes of mark andrews did for me for example um got him much later than some of the other big names so yeah definitely you know true sample Uzoma, i think players that should be drafted in titan premium all be in the in the latter rounds
2: yeah definitely
0: okay well um uh, let's see how Bengals get on. I uh, said number one pick in all the rounds, so it could be a team to watch out for, especially under Zach Taylor. And um, so yeah, thanks, thanks Chigs, and thanks Mo for joining. Uh, this has been the uh, AFC North episode. Take care, guys. Yes. Yeah.